You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Good evening, welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Kev. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore goat. With me tonight is no one. It's a solo show. It's our first solo show we've ever done on Fantasy Wildcard. Um, obviously, it's a really busy time of the year. Matt and Ali are super busy with um, family and uh, other events have got going on. So, yeah, very unfortunate you've just got me tonight, but um, we have got an amazing show coming up. So, um, just looking back on the previous week, first of all, it's been semi finals week and it's been pretty rough for me, if I'm honest. Um, I advanced in two out of six dynasty semi finals, which all you're looking for is half. So, one shot, three out of six have been fine for all coin flips, anyway. I think so. Um, a little bit disappointed to only get three and two out of six, but this was softened by the fact that. I made uh, I won a final this week, my first title of the uh, of the season. It's the league where I've come second the last two seasons as well. So um, I'm really in the mood for a massive title weekend coming up in week 17. But before we get to that, I've just got some shout outs to give for um, two of two of our colleagues at Fantasy Wildcard. First off, uh, well, it's in relation to Scott Fishball 12, so you should know it is. It's the final people that have made the finals. We've got Hannah from Fantasy Wildcard Rewind, who's, I think, third overall going into the final, which might be even higher, maybe. I think she was number one earlier earlier on in the weekend. And we've also got Matt, who is <laughs> scraped in blessing, but he's got a fighting chance. You've got to be in that top 30, um, Matt, from this show. So shout out to Hannah and Matt for doing so well in Scott Fishball and... Um, just the final week to go and need that bit of luck to bring home the ship. But if you do, it's, uh, it's something that's going on the gravestone, isn't it? The, uh, the Scottish ball title. So well done to both you. And uh, we'll have a fingers crossed for you this weekend when it's traditionally title weekend. So without further ado, on today's show, I'll be reviewing week 16 of the NFL season, highlighting players that stood out to tonight to myself, uh, discussing a couple of trades to establish the dynasty value. Obviously, this will be a bit strange because usually I've got someone to feed off and discuss the trade with and sort of bounce back ideas. But I'll give you my overall take on each of the hypothetical trades and help establish the dynasty value and what you should be doing with that player moving forward. So plenty of outstanding scoring this week um some terrible scoring as well but i think on this on this show today we're going to focus on the positive so first guy i want to talk about um someone i didn't expect to be talking about actually it's it's the running back one on the week cam Akers. um 34.7 fantasy points he had a 25 touch game three touchdowns pure workout it's his first 20 touch game since the 2020 season um, it was a little bit like the ghost of Christmas past with his best fantasy game since he was a rookie. Um, maybe the ghost of Christmas past is pretty apt though because that chap, he, he looks young and old, which obviously can make his 23, but some of the running he's been doing this season looks like he's an old man, so uh, really apt to make that comparison. Running back 46 in fantasy points per game over the season, which has been a massive struggle. He's been playing a bit part for a lot of it. He's had injuries. But if we look over just the last four games, and obviously this has been, I guess, um, heightened by the fact that he's just been the running back one on this week. Over the last four games, running back five overall in fantasy, which 
it's come out of nowhere, really. If you're thinking about the situation of the Rams, they've lost Matt Stafford. Darrell Henderson's gone. Cooper Cup, Sonia, Sozan Robinson, OBJ. He's not there anymore after last season. Um, it's been a massive struggle for that team. Um, so to to have a have a guy like Cam Akers that's been struggling on a bad team and then drop a running back one performance on a, on a good defence in Denver in week 16, uh, it was a shock. I've got a few Cam Akers shares and he was on my bench, which seems to be a running theme. Obviously, we had Evan Ingram last week when he, when he exploded Cam Akers this week, so... Wonder which guy is going to be on the bench this week when when he's uh, when he's going off. But terrible situation that he's he's had this season. I think sort of looking to next season, he is under contract. That's a, a big thing. Will the offense bounce back? Obviously, Cooper Cups a year old. He's going to lose a step. Al Robinson again, an older wide receiver. Don't really have draft picks. I do usually spend draft picks to the Rams. So I think the main thing with Acres for me is that he's. A starting running back has got a starting job. Darrell Henderson's out of town. You'd expect this team to bounce back. Sean McVay is meant to be this offensive guru as such. So um, a little bit to think about there on Cam Akers. I think talent-wise, obviously, it was a day two running back. He's, he's never really done it for a period of time. Rookie season was up and down. He flashed towards the end of that season when he came hot in the end of the regular season, the playoffs. Then he had the bad injury in year two came back was probably rushed back actually from the injury um being the featured guy in the playoffs in the super bowl it, and that's the reason probably that us at the wildcard um dynasty show we we were all high on camera because i was probably the highest just on the basis that he was seen as the main man on a top top offense that we, we'd seen last season i think there was a lot of concerns about the, the injury but we felt that was baked in. We thought that he could come back and perform at a high level now. Earlier on this season, up until the past couple of weeks, we've looked like idiots, to be honest, um, especially me being the highest on him because um, he's he's not lived up to expectations. He's looked, as I mentioned, like an old running back. Maybe he was rushed back a little bit too soon. Maybe it's taken him a full two seasons, really, to to get back after that injury. So... It's a really tough one. Can he get back to that old form that he, he promised as a as a young rookie coming in? Um, the opportunities are obviously Darrell Henderson's gone. He was a big fawn in his side potentially. The Rams are meant to be behind Kyron Williams, who's a, a day free running back. If I'm a Cam Akers owner and next season starts and it's split in time with Kyron Williams, I'm super happy. We know this is an amazing draft class coming out for running backs. Um, the free agency pool is really, really solid as well for running backs. So I think Cam Akers is going to be in a timeshare next season. He's, he's got to really prove that he can uh, be durable for a long time. Obviously, it's nice that he had this 25-touch uh, game this weekend. Um, and we're just hoping that getting into next season, he's got that, um, that burst back, that bit of juice um, that he had previously. I think there is a lot of risk involved with Cam Akers currently. He's got one year left of his rookie deal. He's got the injury in the background. He's not got anything sort of on tape for a long period of time. It's a little bit like Javante Williams in that sense where there was promise. He's done it as a sort of a split guy, the occasional workhorse, but not done anything for a long amount of time. Um, not calling them the same guy, but it's just a, a similar trainer for that had. So yeah, I think Akers is risky. I think being running back 29 now, keep Drake up though. I think that's 
that's really appealing, I feel. The fact that he's 23 years old, he'll be 24 going into next season. He's going to be a starting running back in my eyes. I can't see the Rams having uh, have, having investing in a, a running back again, especially with the holes they've got on that roster on the O-line, uh, especially. So running back, starting running back on uh, offense, that's been good. He's got a great coach, great play caller. Getting back Cooper Cup, getting back Stafford or potentially Baker Mayfield. Um, he's done done wonders really quickly over there. I think it's a really good price. So my overall view on Aikers is that he's interesting. I, I'm not calling it take clock because I did like Aikers coming into the season, but I just feel that I feel that the market's maybe a little bit wrong on him at this spot, running back twenty nine. I think he is worth the risk. Is he gonna be top three, top five running back? I can't see it now just based on how he has performed over the last, I guess, six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. We had the brilliant game this week, but I can't you can't really put any any faith in someone that's not put it together for a long amount of time. So I think he's worth a punt at that at that spot. I think his value will rise, especially if nobody's added as well. So um gonna try and establish his market and give you my thoughts on a few trades. Now the first one is Cam Akers and the 209 this season on Damian Pierce. So Damian Pierce is someone that traditionally I wasn't high on with him being a, a day three running back. Um two down running back as such. He has caught a few balls this season, I will admit, but if you make him five yards per reception, you're gonna lose work eventually. You can't be that bad and that unexplosive in the past game and expect to keep your role on a bad team. How we say Houston's gonna be better than um, the Rams next season, I'm not personally. I think you, you'd have to buy into sort of McVay and Cup and people like that and Stafford and think that Akers is in a better situation. He's got that higher draft capital, he's got the higher talent as well. So it can't, essentially what you're saying is if Cam Akers is healthy, if he's fit, if he's a starting running back, I would prefer the Cam Akers of the pick side there. Um you're basically just hoping that Cam Akers is the man next season. And if he is a starting running back, you've chopped it. He's probably actually a better chance to be a starting running back next season on the Rams and Damien Pierce is on the Texans just because day three draft capital, you know, it might be a split backfield there, but I prefer Akers to split backfield with some potential three down upside to Damien Pierce, who I don't see in the long term. Second trade is Cam Akers or David Montgomery. So if you did this a couple of weeks ago, it'd easily be Montgomery. Akers is someone actually that I feel is quite, it was similar to Montgomery coming in in the sense that they both used to be high school QBs. Um, they both play behind terrible O-lines in, in college. And yeah, I just felt there was, there's more to come from both coming into the pros and Montgomery's not really done it. He's been inefficient. He's, had spells where he's looked amazing but it's been volume driven and very situation dependent i think acres could end up being pretty similar in that sense the fact that if he has lost a bit of burst he is going to become very situation dependent and i guess the main thing that comes down to me is montgomery's a free agent and acres isn't and acres he's got that one year deal uh well one year left in in la and then we don't know from there montgomery could end up anywhere he might not even be a starter. It's very unlikely he's going to land a starting job as a main guy. So, yeah, you might be 
crazy to, say, to do this a few weeks ago, but I would be taking acres of Montgomery now in Dynasty, just based on that certainty that he has got a starting job next season in my eyes. Final trade is Acres or Chuba Hubbard and the 304. I think Chuba Hubbard's done great in patches, but just feel with the Panthers, are they going to go into next season with uh, a duo of Foreman and Hubbard? Can't see it. There's got to be an upgrade coming there. I'm not saying Dave Montgomery would go there and be an upgrade, but it is. It's you've got to feel that they will improve that offense massively to try and give um, an interesting wide receiver that we might talk about later on a better shot um, to to really shine as a star in this league. So, uh, really quick one for me. Cam Akers on this one. Um, so as you can tell, I'm really high on Akers. He's had an awesome week and hopefully helped you with the value there. Next game we're going to talk about. Obviously, I'm on my own tonight. It's a solo show. I'm an Eagles fan. I've got to talk about an Eagles guy despite the loss to the Cowboys. I'm talking Devontae Smith. Um, wide receiver two on the week, just behind CD Lamb. I didn't really want to talk about CD Lamb after beating up on the Eagles this week, but Devontae Smith had an amazing game in the right of his own. 31.3 fancy points this week, eight catches, two touchdown performances, which was the best fantasy output of his career in, a, in any game. Also, one of the best celebrations I've ever seen with the, the ski mask and the, the stealing from the Salvation Army pot. Um, obviously, not a good thing to do in real life, but the celebration itself was top level, one of the best celebrations I've ever seen. Devontae Smith's actually moved up to wide receiver nine on the year. We'll look a little bit deep though, wide receiver 16 and fancy points per game. Still, it's progress from a promising rookie season. I think everybody's progressed hurts. Um, obviously, Devontae Smith and Goddard with the addition of AJ Brown as well. Um, in terms of the team, I think we did see the glimpses this week with Gardner Minter in that with pass volume, players like Devontae Smith can really shine. And we know that the Eagles have been winning a lot of games this season, they've been playing from ahead. So maybe we've not seen the pass game usage that you could potentially have in other seasons when it's more neutral. Um, and playing from behind as such. So there is positives there. What we have to keep in mind is that Jalen Hurts is a rushing QB and the team perform better when he is a rushing QB. We're not going to make him a pocket passer to aid the wide receivers. The best shot for the Eagles to do well is by having him as a rushing QB and using and maximising his talent set. So... While Devontae Smith's doing amazingly well, I feel that I like AJ Brown a lot. I like Dallas Scott a lot as well. He's probably going to get lost in the crowd, I feel, just with what I would envision the Eagles look like moving forward. That can he support three top tier assets in Brown, Smith, and Goddard? And I'm leaning on the, on the side of no on that one. The, the talent's obviously there with Devontae Smith, obviously, first round pick in real life, first round pick in rookie drafts. He's made the progress, you know, he's safe, he's hit as a rookie, he's come in, he's improved into year two. So if you've got him in Dynasty, you've got a really stable asset, someone that's giving you solid amount of points, someone that's doing really well, he's tied to a QB that's potentially going to be tied down to Eagles for a long time. Um, I think AJ Brown has helped in some cases, he's had some games where AJ Brown's been the foil and... Devon A. Smith's smashed it. There's been other weeks where you think 
yeah, there's not enough to go around, and he can, he has become a little bit more boom bust in a certain sense with that. But um, I think yeah, he's still on his rookie deal. He's got a couple of years on that really stable asset. Someone that I personally really like for dynasty on this uh, on this offense. And then the market's got him at wide receiver fourteen at keep Jacob, which I was surprised he had got that high. Just think with a rushing offense in the Eagles. The fact that there's two guys there as wide receivers in the top 15 does give me a little bit of pause just because, and I know obviously talented players get targets, etc. but when it's a, a, a rush heavy offense, the targets aren't going to be there no matter how good you are. You're not going to have the ceiling of, of other guys. So in my eyes, I think Devontae Smith is someone that's, if I've got him, I'm really happy with. I think going out to acquire him at his market cost of wide receiver 14. Other guys there that have got higher ceilings going around him. Um, or there's maybe guys going a little bit lower in that tier or maybe the tier below that have done it for for longer or have shown more than, uh, than Devontae Smith has. Obviously, he has shown well, he's improving, but it's more about ceiling for me. Has he got that ceiling? With AJ Brown in town, I can't see it personally. So, trade number one, we've got Devontae Smith and the 201 this season, or guy we touched upon there, CD Lamb. I'm taking CD Lamb on this one. I feel that if there is anybody that can jump into the, the elite top two, it's it's got to be CD Lamb just with how dominant he's been in that Dallas offense. So, now using him in the slot where he's getting the easy looks, the fact that he's actually commanding a target share and the offense is going through him. You've got to think as well in Dallas. Will Zeke be there long term? No. Will Will um, Dalton Schultz be there next season? Probably not. So you're potentially getting an even higher volume going into into the future as well. Obviously, Dak's a great QB as well. So yeah, I'm taking CD Lamb on that one. Next trade, we've got Devontae Smith or Drake London. Now these are back to back on keep trade cut, and I find it really interesting because. I play on two-year windows. If you're asking me with certainty who do I prefer over the next two years, it's going to be hard for me to say Drake London over Devontae Smith because he's got a lot of things. <coughs> he's got a lot of things to work through with the QB, the offensive situation. It is a run-heavy offense as well. But I do like the fact that Drake London has commanded a target share that he's projecting to be... <laughs> An alpha as such, whereas Devontae Smith with AJ Brown in town, that's not going to happen. So I think if you're just asking two year who would I be confident in having a better two seasons, Smith or London, I'd probably say Smith, but on this basis of this hypothetical trade, I'm going to slightly lean London just on the fact that I want to go for ceiling. I want to try and maximise and get ahead of the game. And I think even though the neck and neck are at market price, I feel that with this recent bump, you can probably get a slight little bit on top of uh, Drake London uh, for for moving off Devontae Smith. The final one is Devontae Smith or Elijah Moore in the 112. Now, Elijah Moore's shown he's got a lot of promise, but again, with the Jets, there's a lot of questions. Who's a QB? It's probably better if it's not Zach Wilson because that rapport's not built at all. Uh, 112. 
it's a decent pick. There's going to be some good players there. Um, maybe a running back, maybe a QB, um, potential wide receiver. But on this one, I'm going to take Devontae Smith. I feel that he is a safe asset. I think with Elijah Moore, he has flash, but it's just been a weird season. It's hard to sort of go after him and have any confidence that he's going to turn it around from as early as next season. I think I'm not going to call him a throw-in because he had a great rookie season, but you can't be banking on that production. You can't value him any higher than a second. Um, in my eyes, I feel that if he's on my teams, I see him as a bit of a throw-in or an upgrade as such rather than a piece on his own that will command someone to go after him. So, yeah, I'm taking Devontae Smith on that side. We're going to keep it a wide receiver now. Another guy that really stood out to me this week, but also looking a bit deeper, more consistently, is T. Higgins. Um, wide receiver four this week, 26 by eight fantasy points. His best output of the season, which was fantastic. He's now moved to wide receiver 10 on the year, but actually he's wide receiver 16 in fantasy points per game. He's tying with Devontae Smith when you look at it like that. However, I think there is a bit of a hidden gem here with T. Higgins because he's had three games where he's played like 1% of snaps, 20% and 29% of snaps. So if you take those three games out where he's had less than 30% of snaps, he's actually up to wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game. And that's games with Chase, without Chase included. Personally, I think it's better if Chase is there to give him better looks. But the fact that he's done it with and without, it just gives you that more confidence and more certainty that if something did happen to Chase, a longer-term injury, that he could pick up the slack and perform at a really good standard. Obviously, with T Higgins, he's in a fantastic situation. He's in a high-flying offense with one of the most accurate and the most improved QBs in Joe Burrow that's having a season like Justin Herbert did last season, that, that step forward. You've got Jamar Chase giving him favorable looks. Um, other bits that made the offense tick as well. Hayden Hurst had a good season, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. It's a great situation to be in. Would I be as high on T Higgins in another offense? Probably not because we don't really know if he can command the target share without um, in an offense that's maybe lesser than than this elite Bengals offense. Talent-wise, though, he just missed out on round one as a rookie in real life and it was a similar sort of range in uh, in your rookie drafts that season as well, just sort of early round two as a consensus. So we know the talent's there. We know that he's uh, got a great pedigree. He's got an awesome opportunity in this offense. So uh, you've got to like his situation a hell of a lot on there. Risk-wise is that he's in the final year of his rookie contract. Personally, I think the Bengals will keep him, but there is that question when it comes to the end of next season. What happens? There's an out on Mixon. There's Teagans to sort out. But then the big question is, there's going to be Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase eventually coming on to proper deals. Not none of his rookie deal nonsense. They're going to be getting paid. So I would hazard a guess that they'll try and keep all three. I know Joe Burrow's a keen proponent of the past game, that he likes to have five wide receivers out there. So having talented guys at wide receiver is more favourable. Plus, they've been able to stick in a guy like P. Ryan this season and the running games still looked as good. They've still got that production out of the backfield. So, I think if it came down to T or Joe Mixon, they'd be wise making the uh, 
making the move to keep Teagans in tow. In terms of keep trade cut, Teagans, wide receiver nine, which personally I think is a little bit too low uh, based on sort of what's around him. Um, SWT, my, my concern is if he moves on, where will that be? Can he be the alpha? I'm still very uncertain. But also, I think that ceiling is never going to be there with Chaser taking, what, 30%, 35% of targets. The ceiling is not going to be there. Flip side is, I think he's a fantastic asset. He's in a, an awesome situation. It, I see him as really safe. He's someone that wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game if you take out those those um, injured uh, games or the, the games where he didn't play hardly. What more can you ask for? A young guy that's wide receiver seven in fantasy points per game. So plenty to like about him. Bit of risk longer term, but someone that you can be have confidence in next season and then you're sort of rolling the dice as to what can happen then. The good thing is he's a young wide receiver that's talented. So if you do roster Higgins and you get an inkling that he might be moving in the off-season, you're going to have plenty of suitors as a, as a solid young wide receiver that most of the league will want to buy into him rather than let's see if you've got a, a solid aging running back you can only sell him to two or three teams so Teagans is someone that you should be really confident in rostering in terms of his trade value the trade I've got is Higgins and the 210 or AJ Brown I think he's close because AJ Brown I would like to think that he had the shot to be moving to that top tier, but I can't see it with Jalen Hurts, with the the rush heavy, rush heavy offense, with Devontae Smith, as I mentioned, shining, Dallas Goddard. So these are sort of, I'm not going to say they're in the same tier because I feel that AJ Brown is the main man and Teagans can't be the main man in Cincinnati for obvious reasons. The 210, it's not enough for me to move off of uh, AJ Brown to Teagans and, and the 210. So I'm going to take AJ Brown begrudgingly, but I think it's really close. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of call anyone an idiot for, for doing that and getting the extra pick. Second trade is T Higgins or Garrett Wilson. Again, Garrett Wilson's someone that's above Higgins comfortably at keep trade cut. He's done great as a rookie. My concern is that most of his solid production came after Brees Hall went down. Um, there's concerns at QB. What will that look like as well? So, and then there's Elijah Moore as well, isn't there? If, if he's actually going to be good again, then that's another question, mark. So, as well as Garrett Wilson has done, and he does deserve to be in that top 10 with what he's done in a potentially tough situation. Breesall is the, the X factor for me in that offence, so I'm going to lean the, the confidence of T Higgins on that one. Has Garrett Wilson got a higher upside? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say they have a similar upside because Breesall is that generational, that good, that he's going to cap whatever upside Garrett Wilson has. His upside is going to be top five, which is still amazing, but can Garrett Wilson be a wide receiver three overall? I can't see it personally in my eyes. Last one, we've got Teagans or Cotton Sutton in the 109. A pretty easy one for me. I think Teagans uh, wins this one hands down. Cotton Sutton's been a major disappointment. Um, 
I actually don't think that the market's uh, right on Higgins either. So, yeah, easy one for me to take Higgins on that one. Just have a quick sip. Right, so I've had two quality wide receivers. going to keep it on the wide receiver theme. going to give you one more in DJ. More? Well, hey. Um, only wide receiver 11 on the week, but I think the thing that's standing out for me is back-to-back -back games with five catches and a touchdown. He's got that rapport with Sam Darnold that we saw last season. Um, looking at a season wide receiver 25, which... I thought he'd done worse than that, and then when it looked a bit deeper, why is he at 37 in fantasy points per game? So he's, he's appearing to do better than he has because of being injury-free and guys around him being injured and missed games, etc. So why a high-end wide receiver for in, in reality, which is not great for someone that's often hyped. But what of it has to be down to the situation, the fact that they've had all sorts of QB. They've still not found the QB. They've had a coaching fire. They've got rid of McCaffrey. Um, it's it's been a shambles as usual. DJ Moore has sort of had the odd game where he stood out and teased us again, like he does every year. But in the main, it's been really tough, tough season. We believe the talent there. Every season, we get loads of the community, the smart dudes, the high on DJ Moore of what he could be if he gets QB and. Some of the underlying metrics that is always really standing out in uh, unrealized day ads and things like that. So, just need to get him that QB. But for the way they're playing now, that they're going to be in the playoff hunt in the NFC South, it's taken away from top QBs. It, it's going to be tough for him to find a QB. It's not Sam Darnold, in my opinion. I think he's done great, but he, he's, he's nothing more than a, a backup that can have the odd sporadic couple of performances that are, that are decent. So QB is a question, and I'm not sure if it's if it can be answered this offseason. Um, I think you, they've got to go back to an offensive higher coaching-wise as well. Is there an amazing coach out there that that would help? I'm sure any DJ Marlins would love someone like Sean Payton, but I think he's got his uh, sights on, on bigger fish to fry. Maybe he'll end up back in Dallas and uh, maybe that's a bit harsh on um, on, on Mike McCarthy but I know Sean Payton's one of the one of the uh, offensive gurus out there that's not got a job so um, with DJ Moore he's wide receiver 28 at Keep Draco which is way too low in my opinion he was sort of around the 10-15 the mark this off season he's still young he's what 26 years old it keeps teasing. It does. It teases every season where all we're saying is get a QB. It'll all be sorted. It never happens. And then I think if we look towards next season, we'll still be asking, can we get him a QB? Will he finally realise his amazing potential and bring it all together? I'm going to go from trades now to see if I can make it a little bit clearer for you where where I'm on him, because I think, yeah, there is risk, there is potential there. Is he going to get the QB? Probably not, but I think like that there's, there's certain pivots you can make from guys to get uh, DJ Moore. I did one a couple of weeks back, moving off Debo Samuel to, to DJ Moore, just because I feel there's a lot of risk in Samuel with McCaffrey there and 
not know who the QB is going to be. You're gaining a few years back or a year or two back at, um, in age at wide receiver, which if you can keep in the same tier and get a few years, that's that's one of the biggest things to keep the value of your roster ticking over nicely. So trade one, I've got DJ Moore and a 25th first or Amon Ra St. Brown. So if you listen to the show, you'll know that Amon Ra St. Brown gets uh, gets waxed a lot on this uh, on this particular show. Um, DJ Moore and a first, that sounds appealing, doesn't it? But I'm taking Amon Ra St. Brown. I feel that he is the main man in Detroit. Um, I feel that James Williams is probably going to help because I'm not a massive, massive James Williams fan. Um, obviously, Matt and Ali are, but they're unfortunately wrong on that one. But um, but yeah, I feel I feel Amorah St. Brown has done it solidly for a season and a half now. He's a top eight, top nine dynasty wide receiver. There's nothing for me to sort of question that. Um, it's an improving franchise. They've got great draft picks. Uh, they're building it the right way. So I do trust in that franchise. I'm going to take Amorah St. Brown. 25th first, it's too far in the future for to get me excited. If it was a 23 first, I'll probably take the DGMR side and just hope I can get similar production at some point in the next couple of years. But as it stands, give me Amorah in that one. Trade two, DJ Moore or Michael Pittman Jr. Again, before the season, these are in a, a similar tier. And there's question marks still with both of them over QB, um, over if they can sort of realise the potential and be the main man. Um, I've never been big on Pittman. I'm, I've never really been big on DJ Moore either, actually. I feel that he's had a lot more um, name than game over the years. But I think just on that basis of who would I take, I feel that DJ Moore's got more potential, more ceiling in an offence than Pittman has in an offence with Jonathan Taylor. There's question marks over the coaches. Who are they going to be? Who's the QB is going to be as well? So I think the similar situation of guys, but I mean, DJ Moore and Michael Pittman, if you're looking at the market, people have got Pittman higher than DJ Moore. So if I have Pittman, I'd just be pivoting and taking a little bit extra um, with, with DJ Moore, obviously use it, losing a few years in age, but DJ Moore's more talented than Michael Pittman, surely. Trade three, we've got DJ Moore or Romeo Dubs and the 208. Um, again, I feel that these sort of trades, I just want the best asset, which is DJ Moore. The, the 208 is not, it's not going to, it's going to be a dart throw. Romeo Dubs, while it flashed early on this season, it looks like Christian Watson. He's going to be very, very decent. So, yeah, DJ Moore on that one pretty easily. Right, so we finished at wide receiver. We're going to move on to tight end now. And this guy cost me a game uh, this week. It's not Tyler Higby, you sod. It's uh, TJ Hawkinson. Um, tight end one on the week, 35.9 fantasy points. Actually, second two, down, uh, two touchdown game of the year. Um. When you look at the pure numbers, you see tight end two on the year, and also in fantasy points per game, you think, wow, T.J. Jockinson's done great. He's moved from Detroit to Minnesota. He's in a better situation. He's, he's had an awesome season. But actually, if you're comparing what his output is for fantasy points per game and put that into where he would have been last season, it would have been tight end five if this was 2021. So even though he's had a tight end two season, there's been... A big, a huge drop off, not just Mark Andrews, but 
all the top guys have, have taken that step back. So Titan two in in number only, I guess, um, is the best of a bad bunch this season yeah, for the the guys behind Travis Kelsey. I think obviously we love the situation that he's gone to Minnesota. Adam Phelan looks like he's on the way out. He's got Justin Jefferson, which is great for Hawkinson because I don't see him as a as an alpha guy. Um, I don't see him as the the key to an offense. Might just be me, but I don't see that sort of that fight, that that mentality, that fighting for extra yards, that give me the ball sort of personality in him. He's not a superb athlete either, so I think he's like a a slower, less aggressive George Kittle, which obviously George Kittle's been amazing in his his time, and I'll probably discuss him in a little bit as well. But um, I think Ockerton's got a ton of talent. He deserves to be. Sort of top five tight end. He's uh, it was a first round draft pick in real life. Um, he's he's been traded to the Vikings, who are presumably going to keep him on longer term um, after giving up draft capital to obtain him this this season. We love the opportunity. The fact that Justin Jefferson is a unicorn. There's there's going to be targets to go to Hawkinson though. Still as a second piece in a in a pass offense. Cook's going to be finished next season the year after something like that so it's someone that there's a lot to like in his situation the talent's pretty decent as well the opportunity's nice i guess my my concern is that he's he's a tight end on the year people are going to see that and think wow he's he's having a season as good as like uh like a mark andrews tight level which he's not to be fair he's is there by by default really so market have got him tightened for he's probably right based on his age and, and what he's done and the other titans around him but personally i'd rather be just going a little bit higher and aiming for to get in that top three with uh kelsey andrews and pitts still um Arkansas's not someone i've got a ton of he's someone that doesn't score consistently He's had the two big boom weeks this season. He's had a couple of two touchdown games this season. But he's not really a touchdown scorer either. So, yeah, it's he's one of those where I prefer not to have a ton of him on my rosters. Over. I want to get in that top three. Or I don't want to potentially have someone lower in this tier that I can pivot off of um, at, a cheaper, at a cheaper price as well. So, first trade, we've got Hawkinson and the 210 or mark andrews and this is just normal no tight end premium just your standard superflex ppr league i'm still going with mark andrews i feel that 210 again it's it's not something that's going to get me going um there will be a good player there because it's an amazing class but anybody thinking hawkinson's in that mark andrews tier now or approaching that tier is unfortunately mistaken um he's 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 not mark andrews he's not going to command a share a target share like mark andrews um mark andrews has done it in previous years and he started this season absolutely on fire um going toe-to-toe with travis kelsey as we expected this uh, this season but there's been a lot of factors with andrews uh, lamar got um injured he, he lost a bit of form tyler huntley's not had that same connection either so um I guess if you took Andrews 
in your startups, you was expecting him to perform and outperform Travis Kelsey, and he's got absolutely nowhere near. So that is unfortunate uh, that you you've experienced that. Same with Calpit's owners. But I guess the main thing from from this is don't be getting too low on Pitts and Mark Andrews. Personally, I don't think either of them to be above Kelsey because he's been unreal again. But I wouldn't be creeping a Hawkinson into that tier with Pitts and Andrews just yet. Next trade I've got is Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard. Now, I'm going to try and be impartial because, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. But it is really tough before they got an injury got it had more fantasy points per game this season than than hawkinson and that was including the few games with with the vikings i think it's super close Hawkinson's going to be the number two target in minnesota in a pass offense god it's potentially going to be the the third piece in a more run heavy offense so i guess based on that and based on the fact that Hawkinson is a little bit younger. I feel that more people will be interested in going after Hawkinson than Goddard. So I think purely from a value point of view, I would prefer to have Hawkinson over Goddard. However, I feel that Goddard will outproduce Hawkinson um, short term, to say the least. I just, I just feel that if Minnesota did replace feeling with wide receiver of no that's that's going to be a big fawn in in Hawkinson's side um I would take Hawkinson in that deal but I would be looking to pivot for Goddard and a little bit extra because um I'm all about um that little bit of value on your roster and then the final one is final trade is Hawkinson or Colkmet and the 204 in this year's class I think 204 is interesting I think there will be some amazing talent sliding out of round one of rookie drafts. Colcomet has flashed as well. He had a couple of weeks back to back, which won me a bit of money in DFS. But um but yeah, Colcomet's someone that's never really done it over an extended period. I think it's an easy one here for to take Hawkinson based on his value. Um similar age to Comet. He's done more. Um yeah, easy one for me, Hawkinson over Komet and uh, that second round pick. So we're going to wrap up the show, keep it a tight end. I've mentioned this guy uh, when we'll speak about Hawkinson then. Um, I'm going to talk about George Kittle, another guy that had an amazing week. He was tight end three on the week, 30 fantasy points, which is actually back-to-back week. He's had two touchdowns and his third two-touchdown game of the season, so... Tight end four on the year, tight end three in fantasy points per game. When we look at Kittle, I think a lot of it is dependent on the QB situation. Personally, I was lower on him with the idea of Trey Lance being the starter at the start of the season. I felt that the volume was going to go down in the pass offense. I felt that Lance was a sketchy sort of passer, a bit streaky. And then when Jimmy G came in, I felt a bit better about Kittle. I thought, yeah, pocket passer, more accurate. Let's let's get on this. But then they had a Christian McCaffrey, which again that lowered my expectations. But actually, Kittle's had a few um, amazing games since McCaffrey came in. So I was probably wrong on the McCaffrey bit, but right on the on the Lance bit. I feel that when Lance was the man, it's a time to trade off Kittle. But actually, since 
He went to Jimmy G and then Brock Purdy, who's done a fantastic job as well. Kittle's someone that short term I really like. I think he's uh, he, he's he's done great. He, he has been a little bit up and down, but the up weeks are massively up weeks, and it's he's had more up weeks than a guy like Hawkinson, who's had the two um, that were mentioned. So Kittle again, he's he's done it longer term. He's been up there for years. I feel that if he wasn't blocking all the time and getting absolutely smashed um, and getting banged up, then he would have had a better fantasy career. Um, he's, he's done great, but he's been hand on hand, nowhere near Kelsey a lot of the seasons. I think the question longer term with Kittle is, what do they do at QB? Is it going to be Brock Purdy? Are they going to try and keep Jimmy G? Is it going to be Trey Lance? You, you, the money suggested it's going to be Trey Lance. I wonder if Brock Purdy takes him deep in the playoffs, if that will cause a bit of controversy as to is it just a case that the trail answer owners thought they got rid of Jimmy G and he's out of town and then Brock Purdy is Jimmy G 2.0 and they've got that battle all over again. So yeah, he's, he's 29 at the moment. Kittle is going to be 30 next season. There's concerns there with it because with him getting up in age, once we get past the end of this season into the off season, people will view Kittle as lower than he probably should be based on that age number and the fact that he's not helping you for another nine months when he gets back to September. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't think he's massive, massive risk, but I would prefer to have a, a QB like a, a Purdy or a Jimmy G than uh, someone like Lance, uh, who is a Russian QB. And if it is Lance, Kittle's going to be doing a lot more run blocking, potentially getting hammered smashed by 300 pound lineman on most plays so yeah he's not someone that longer term i'm i'm too chuffed about but in terms of the analysis of of kittle we're going to go into the trades now and first trade is kittle and the 201 or travis kelsey like i said 201's going to have plenty of quality options there to to go after um that are seeping from the, the first round of your rookie drafts kittle has played at a kelsey level at stages throughout his career, but I'm not backing against Travis Kelsey. He's, he's done awesome this year. He's done it without Tyree Kill. You'd expect him to get more coverage, and he's still managing to destroy the Titan landscape. So anybody picking Caitlin to a 1 0 Travis Kelsey, give you a check. Trade, trade two, we've got George Kittle or Dallas Goddard. I think this is tougher because I feel that both are similar level of output. But again, it comes down to the theory of if I've got Dallas Goddard, I've potentially got more people I can trade to with him being a couple of years younger than than Kittle. I think people might see the name Kittle and think he is better, but actually I prefer Goddard straight up um i think he's slightly more valuable and i think he's going to give you longer term production and similar if not better production than kill so give me that side and then the final one is kill or gerald everett and the 202 from this class if everett was tied down long term in la there's a maybe there but when kill bangs He's banging hard, isn't he? He's tight, tight in one couple of weeks. 
give me that side over the 203 and Everett again. If it was a late first, I'd be considering it more. But yeah, I think Kittle as a placeholder to move up into that top tier is uh, what I'd be looking to do with him. So that brings us to the end of the show where I've reviewed week 17 of the NFL season. Um, sorry, week 16 of the NFL season. We've got week 17, the championship week coming up, which it's going to be amazing. Um, like I mentioned, I've got my first title in the bag so a little bit of pressure off but we've all got to be going for the the titles this week we've got to be hopefully winning those coin flips and uh, bringing it on the ships really that's all we can do thank you for tuning in be sure to follow us on twitter and subscribe to us on youtube at fantasy wildcard join us every tuesday for the podcast and every wednesday for the stream of the show thank you once again have a good one happy new year and best of luck in title games, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.